Welcome, Katie, back to the pod. So it's glad nice to, to be here. You. Thanks for having me back, Camille. Yes. So for our longtime listeners, you may have heard Katie in the early days hanging out with us. She is here as the owner of her own business, because today we want to talk about how do you do a mid-year performance review of your business? Now I Googled this because I want to see what would show up if people Googled it. Smart. And what shows up is performance reviews of people, which oh. you should do if you have people that report to you on your, anybody in your company. However, what we're really talking about is the performance of the business itself. So I wanted to talk about this process because I think that when you get to the middle of the year, you had certain expectations for what you would get done and you probably didn't get them done. And that is no reason to just either walk away or feel frustrated, or even just the idea that you might just try and double down and work harder through the rest of the year is also not necessarily the best way to go. We want to be thoughtful and strategic about how you approach the last half of the year. And that's what this mid-year review process is about, to help you take a step back, see what's going on, and make adjustments if you need to, so that you can finish the year strong. Because it's hard to stick with it all year long and try and make these annual goals happen. Oh, yeah. Navigating all the weird life things that pop up in between. Yes. Mm -hmm. All the stuff you did not plan for when you made that business plan and set those annual goals. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. So, Katie, thank you for being our example today in walking through. Because I thought it'd be easier to walk through this with an actual business owner than me just listing mm. out a bunch of stuff with George yep. who doesn't have his own business <laughs> yet. I will say yet. Welcome to the belief shift, the show that explores what you really need to know about building a successful small business. I'm your host, Camille Rapaz, small business coach and consultant who spent too much of her career working in corporate business performance. And I'm George Trapeau, your co-host and her brother. I'm a leader in the tech world, bringing my corporate perspective, but mostly my curiosity. Together, we're exploring beliefs about success and how to achieve it, but mostly we're bringing practical solutions so you and your business can thrive. So let's do this for a real live business because I, I think that's just an important way to set the example because while I'm going to lay out steps, clear steps in the process, there's no perfect way to do this, people. And there's no perfect answers to all of these questions. The idea here is just do it. Just take a minute to stop and reflect and assess what's going on in your business. So maybe you just make one little change. That's better than no change, right? No improvement. We want to make some level of improvement. So that's what we're going to do. And I will say that before we get into it, this is a process that all size businesses should do. I'm about to do this with a large corporate client. We're going to assess the performance of their strategic initiatives to date and it's really setting them up for their process for their strategic plan for 2024, because they have to start that fairly early because they're a big company and they have lots of moving parts and lots of things to do. So that's not necessarily the reason for you to do this, Katie, or smaller businesses, right? You don't need to start your strategic plan now because your business is small and it's not that complicated. But what we do want to do is, so there's really two reasons to hit this midpoint review, which is. We, A, want to finish the year strong, right? We want to sort of re-up our momentum. And by doing that, we do that through improvement. But we also want to then set things up for the next year. So we're also playing the long game, right? Mm. So keep that in mind as we're doing it. We won't have to talk about your strategic plan for 2024 like big business does, but it should help to make that process easier when we get to it. Yes. 
So all sorts of reasons to do it. All right. Are you ready to go? I'm so ready. I'm very excited. So when we go through this, Katie, I want you to, before we do this, I want you to describe your business a little bit for everybody so they know what we're talking about. And then keep in mind as we do this, you know, this gets to be a very, there can be, you know, numbers involved, right? We're going to want to look at numbers and we look at performance. I don't expect you to share your numbers with the world. So you don't have to do any of that, but people listening you're in your business, you're going to be looking at your numbers. So just know that that's the case, even though we won't literally, we'll talk about what numbers, but we won't. You don't have to name names. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> okay. You don't have to divulge all the secrets of your business. All right. So give us the lowdown. What is, what's your business? Tell us all about it. So my business is called Light from Lantern. And what I do is help knitters make their process of knitting more magical by creating knitting patterns that have magical aspects in them. I also have workshops to help people further along their education in this realm. And then I also have a podcast that I host on this subject as well. So it's all part of the community of getting the word out there of all these magical making goodnesses through your knitting. And you have all sorts of really cool experience with this. Yeah, I actually have a fashion degree. So I know about the technical aspects of the fiber content and how to make like the yarn. And I actually had a job before I started my own business where I helped a, a large company do wholesale manufacturing for yarn. So I know the whole wholesale end. I also worked on the retail side and then I'm a designer too. So I feel like I've just touched on almost every area of the industry, which gives me a really unique viewpoint, especially when it comes to working with others in the industry. All right. So let's get into it. The process, I'm just going to just walk really quickly. I'm going to explain what the the top, the, the six steps are that we're going to go through. And I'm just going to rattle them off just so people know what they are. And then we're going to actually go through them. So Katie, with you, I'm going to see in each step, you'll be able to give better answers on some than others, because some are probably going to require more mm. offline work for you or more discovery or something like that. So we'll talk about that as we go. So this won't be, you won't have, be able to give perfect answers on everything. I'm not going to totally put you on the spot for that. But I think having the discussion or you asking questions about now, is this where I address this or I address that? It will really help pull out the whole essence of this process and how to make it really effective. So that's what we're looking for. Wonderful. So the stick, the six steps, Ooh, maybe it shouldn't have been six. It's really hard to say six <laughs> steps. The six <laughs> steps are, it starts with first setting your objectives for this process in general. So what, what outcome do I want by doing this mid-year review? The second step is what's this ideal state that I've been heading towards in my business. So what am I ideally trying to build overall? So big picture, like that my vision or my long-term goals. Step three is what's currently happening? What's the current state of my business? What's happening right now? And that's sort of, you know, gathering all the information. Step four is then analyzing that. What does it actually look like? So if this is my current state, am I where I expected to be? Am I not? So just an analysis and a very data focused. There's no judgment in any of this. It's just, what does it look like? Step five is then a little more reflective. So then you start reflecting on, you know, so what is working, what's not working, all that kind of stuff. And then the last step is what, what are my improvements to make? And there's a few different ways we can look at the improvement part. So those are the six things we're going to go through. Ooh. Got it. I'm ready. All right. So let's start with objectives. So as you think about, we're going into this mid-year review. Do you have, 
big questions that you want to address? Or is this for you more of a, you know what, I just want to do this and see what shows up in my business that maybe I haven't been paying attention to or and should? What, what are your thoughts on that? A bit of both, honestly. Okay. You just, I always feel I'm more on track than I am until I stop huh. to look at things. And I know for a fact that I am not I've met some goals work-wise that I wanted to do, but in terms of how they've performed, that hasn't been going as well. So that's something I want to look at. But also my whole first half of the year was sort of to build these items that then I would promote in the second half of the year. So I'm really just wanting to make sure that I'm looking at it the best way that I can to maximize what I already have made so that I don't have to make new items in the fall. Oh, I like this. Okay. So we're looking at being more efficient, but I think mm -hmm. what you said right out of the gate is so important because I mean, I don't know who doesn't feel this way where I always feel like I'm doing a good job because I'm working really hard. I'm working my buns off. And then I go look at him like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't quite make as much progress as I thought. That is essentially why we have to do this process. Mm -hmm. because otherwise we will just keep going thinking we're doing great because I'm working really hard instead of saying, oh, wait, am I working on the right things? If I'm going to work that hard, I need to work on the right things. And that's what this checkpoint is about. So yes. I love that you said that. That is a constant struggle. Am I working yeah. on the right things? Yes. You always think they are initially and then later. No, uh, <laughs> nope. I know. I mean, that even happens to me in a day where I'm like working away and I'm boom, boom, boom. And then I realize, oh, I really needed to do this other thing. How did I forget that? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, ah, uh, uh, my system's not working well. Cause I, I missed this piece that I really had to prioritize today, but I got all involved in this other process, did a lot of work, but it wasn't really the right thing at that moment. Right. Productive procrastination. That's what I call that That's one. That's true. I know. That's a good one. Productive procrastination. Yeah. Okay. So great objectives, Katie. Let's get into, and because we have worked together, I know that you have this, but the second step is your ideal state. So this is your strategic plan or your annual goals. Ideally, you have both. You have a strategic plan that lays out, you know, strategically what you're trying to do in your business, as well as very specific goals that you want to target for the end of the year. So do you have those in front of you, like laid out? Yes. Okay. Can you just give us, you don't have to give away all the juicy details, but do you have, can you give us like a big picture of some of the things that you were thinking about trying to get done by the end of the year? My big game-changing goal was to get my workshop created and released and then start promoting that because it's my first high ticket item that will really make a big difference sales wise as opposed to my patterns, which is the other thing I sell, which are much lower. Got it. Okay, perfect. So that was the big goal. Mm -hmm. So for listeners, if this isn't something you have done, if you're thinking, I don't, I don't even know, I haven't, I didn't really say what I wanted by the end of the year, or maybe all you said was, I just need to make X amount of money. That's okay. That's a starting point. Like at the very least, you want to say that, but you really want to say, how am I going to do it? So what Katie's describing is she has a way that she was going to increase the revenue by this particular strategy of the workshop. So that's really what we're looking for when we say, what is your long-term plan? I also love when it's just like, I am focused on this one thing, especially as a solopreneur, but even really like micro businesses, the bigger the business, the more of these targets and goals you can have, because you have more people to work them. 
but small businesses, you got to just like stay focused on this is that one thing I'm going to do. Cause even with that one thing, you're still going to run into the problem that you're talking about. Right. Which is why wow, I thought I would, it's going to be further along. I mean, I'm working my tail off. What happened? Right. Yes. So that takes us to step three, which is what is the current state? Now, do you have, so this current state is, is the gathering of the data. So mm -hmm. I need to gather all the information on my current state. And it could be things like the data and the metrics that you currently have. And this isn't just strategic goals, but it should also just be to overall performance of your business. So that would be what's, what have I made in revenue to date? What have I, where am I at in terms of, I know any of your marketing measures, like your email list growth, or it could also be where you are in terms of milestones in a project plan. If you have put things into a project and you're like, I had X milestones that I wanted to meet by this point. So what kinds of metrics or things, what, what, what's in your business that you would look to Katie? So for me, I track things like my Instagram followers for both my knitting side and the podcast side. I have a new goal this year to get monetized on YouTube by the end of the year. So I'm now tracking that really well, like how many hours watched do we have? How many subscription or subscribers do I have? I track how many newsletters I send, how what the open rate is after like the first week what my subscribers are, and then also my sales on Ravelry, which is the pattern website that I sell through. And I also have affiliates that I track if I get any of that in a month. And then classes sold, which I've done one, so I can at least track one. So <laughs> gotta start somewhere. That's right. And I used to have Patreon information and I still do for the first part, but I'm sort of moving that around. So that is on hold for the moment. Okay. Excellent. So this is great. You have a great foundation of some data, some metrics that you're looking at that can help you with your business. We'll talk in a little bit about how those are serving you, but this step is really just gathering them up. So if you haven't, after we're done with this conversation, that's what you should do is gather that up to see like, well, how does it actually look to date? And for some of those, you probably want to look at trends. Like how's this been trending month over month? For others, it might just be just where am I at and am I on track at this point in the journey, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the gather the data state. This was a difficult one for me because mm -hmm. I overthink things. And so for me to just choose what to track without it being like, micro on everything, like just the numbers, not like every week and every month and every like, it's too much. I will avoid doing the recording work if it's yeah. too much to track. <laughs> but what do you suggest for people who've maybe never done this before? Like, what are the main things that you would suggest people track? Yeah, that's a great question. This is a place where, especially if you're a little bit nerdy about it, like you and I are, and mm. like to have plans with lots of data, it's a really easy place to overdo it. Because remember, every piece of data you track is work to do. So you really want these to be the right things. So if you're not doing anything, you definitely want to be tracking. I mean, the most important thing for you to be looking at, number one is, am I tracking my revenue? Am I really my financials overall? Because you want both revenue and expenses because profit's the only thing that actually matters. Right. If you're making 100K and you're spending 100K, that's not a great business, right? Mm -mm. So 
We want to be looking at both of those things. So I first recommend everybody should be looking at that on a month by month basis and setting targets. What do I expect him to make next month? And that will then drive the question of, well, how am I going to do it? And it, it drives all these other things for you, right? Mm -hmm. So that's number one, because the only reason your business exists is to make money. That's right. That's what it's there for. So look at that first and foremost. Then the next level is how you're making that money. And so this gets into whatever your marketing process is, and it's different for everybody. So for you, you know, you're looking at your YouTube, you're looking at your social media, like these are the channels through which you are attracting customers. So those are the right things to look at. And is that growing at the pace I need it to? Is my email marketing open? Are my open rates good? All of that stuff is the right stuff to look at. So that's where I would also have people start with just like two things though. And this is where we could nerd out on sort of metrics. I still need to do an episode on this, which is leading versus lagging indicators. Mm. So while you got to look at your financials, that's a lagging indicator because it's already happened and you can't do anything about the past. A leading indicator is something like, oh, the open rates on my email. That's mm. giving me an indicator of how things are going in terms of that might lead to customers actually buying things because they're clicking and opening the email is like step one. Mm. If it's low, then you're like, well, not a lot of people are going to buy my thing because they're not even opening the email. Right. That's a leading indicator of how the sales might go. Mm. Right. So that's just things to think about when you're looking at what to measure is, is this, am I looking at this measure, but it's too late to affect anything? Or am I looking at a measure that is giving me some sense for what to expect down the road so I could improve on it before the fact, before it happens? Oh, a little trend forecasting. That's, that's nice. Yes, oh. that's what you want to be looking at. So again, I do need to do a whole episode on this to explain it better, but that's the big picture of it. So yeah, at the basic level, really be tracking on those things, tracking the monies and then tracking the path to the customers. Like, how do I know how that's going? Whatever your mm -hmm. strategy is. Those are the two main things I would have people look at, first of all. All right. Very good. All right. So thank you for that. No problem. <laughs> all right. So the next step is we've got to do some analysis. So far, we've just gathered information, right? Like, what are we trying to do? What were we trying to accomplish in this business? And we're, gather all the data up about how it's going today. Now we're going to analyze that data. So I have a few ways that you can look at how to analyze. There's lots of ways you can do this, but I just wanted to give some basic things to look at. So the first one is you really assess your progress to date on those goals you set for the year. So Katie, if you look at yours, this is where you're like, oh, I feel like I'm doing really good on my goals. And then you actually look at that. And you're like, mm. Mm, how did I really do? So here I really emphasize for people to, there's no judgment. This is just facts. This is just how things are going. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you're a good or bad business owner. It just is what it is. So checking on your goals and looking at where you are today, are you where you plan to be? What do you think, Katie? I am not. <laughs> if you had to put a percent on it, by the way, anybody who says they are, I, I really want to hear about that story. But so you're not where you plan to be. That's 99.9% .9 of us. That's right. Then how close are you? Like, are you 80% of the way to where you wanted to be at this point? 50%? Like, can you put like a number on it? This is just helpful to make it less emotional and more just like, here's what it looks like. I think I'm probably 50% there because I now have the product. Mm -hmm. I just now am realizing I don't have enough reach for people mm. 
who get it, like who would Got want it. it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you're 50% of the way towards where you wanted to be at this point in the year, right? Mm -hmm. Not to the end goal. So I want to be clear about this. Right. Because you could say I'm 50% of the, the way to my goal for the year, which would mean you're on track because we're at the midpoint. That's true. But if you're only 50% of the way towards where you wanted to be on July 1st, that's what you're saying, right? Right. Okay, good. So that is how I want people to think about it. At this point in time, as we're at this midpoint, July 1st of the year, how close am I to where I expected to be or had planned to be at this point in the year? That's what you're really looking at. So mm -hmm. you're saying you're about 50% of the way we are. Perfect. Yep. Everything took twice as long. <laughs> Everything. Oh my gosh. That's the story Lesson of our learned. lives. Everything yeah. takes twice as long. Mm -hmm. I blame the dogs, frankly. Yes. I have are... three of them. So I know I only have one and it takes away all of my attention all the time. So I don't know how you do it. It's difficult. All right. So yes, for whatever the reasons are, we're not even getting into the reasons yet, but we're already blaming dogs. Okay. <laughs> So the second thing to assess, and again, we're just, we're just analyzing, like, where are we right now? So now we're going to just assess, what do you think about your personal performance? So in terms of your productivity and your mindset, and so you could, if you wanted to lay out a few things in your personal performance, you want to assess, you could assess productivity. You could pull out time management separately. You could pull out planning. Like you could break out some different things, whatever you want to personally assess, or you could just do a general assessment. And a way to think about this is you could grade yourself on a scale of one to five, one being I'm not doing much of anything. Mm -hmm. And five being I am stupendous in my performance. Where would you put yourself in terms of just your personal performance as, and let me be clear, as a business owner? I'd say a three and a half. <laughs> okay. You're right in the middle. I feel like- A little better than the middle. There's always room for improvement. I'm never going to give myself a 100% anything. So like a five, that's I just know. never going to happen. But I really do try hard and I, thanks to you- now often stop to reflect if what I'm working on makes any sense to be working on. And if it doesn't, I actively change it <laughs> instead of just saying, huh, okay, well, we'll see if it does better later. <laughs> we'll keep doing it. <laughs> I mean, I think the fact that you do that pushes you closer to a four because oh, there well, really is, it. there is no perfect here, right? Like no. we all struggle with this all the time. And the reason to assess it again is not to judge ourselves, but to do kind of what you just did, which is, well, I am doing this well, and I am doing that well, not doing this so well. We're always going to score ourselves lower than other people think we should, by the way, because we are just our, our own worst, you know, critic. But it's an important thing to look at just so you can say, okay, what could I do to improve? Mm -hmm. The other thing about these types of measurements, because this is, you know, purely just, you're just making some stuff up, right? Like there's no data that you're looking at. You probably could have data and metrics around this if you wanted to, but that feels a little overkill mm. for especially a solopreneur. But the more you understand what good productivity mm. and a, a good solid mindset for a business owner really looks like, the lower your score is going to get because your expectations go up. Hmm. Interesting. Right? This is a thing that happens in all of this kind of, you know, very subjective scoring of like, I don't, I don't really know. I'm making some stuff up. The more we learn about it, the lower we start to score because we realize how much more we could be doing. Oh, so yeah. keep that in mind. It 
sometimes we'll be like, oh, I'm doing worse. No, nah, actually you're doing better. You just have set the bar higher. Mm. What it takes to get a five is more than it did last year. Yeah. Good and point. I think that's the case for you is you probably are going to be scooching your score down because you see how much more you could be doing. So oh, yeah. don't punish yourself <laughs> over that. But it's a good way to just sort of do a check on like, yeah, I'm doing okay, but certainly room for improvement. Right. And we'll talk more about what to do for the improvement in a minute. All right. All right. The third thing that you can do, and this is definitely just focusing on the business, which is a SWOT analysis. So a SWOT analysis, if you don't know what that is, it stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Hmm. And it's a way to just look at your business and ask yourself, so what are the strengths in my business and what are the weaknesses? And those are usually internal to your business, strengths and weaknesses. Opportunities and threats are usually what's going on externally like in the marketplace, in, you know, the industry, in the world, whatever. This is an exercise you can do outside of this, Katie, which is to really just do, you know, a brief little SWOT analysis of your business to just give yourself a sense of, again, analyzing like what's really happening today. It also gives you some information that might be useful in terms of what's happening outside my business, which is really important for us to look at. Sometimes we're so focused on our own business, we forget to look up and say, What's happening in the market right now? Do I need to make adjustments based on that, right? Mm, yes, good point. So maybe just for, I'm trying to look at the interest of time here. I kind of want to see if you have a quick answer on each one of these. All right. So give me one answer to strengthen your business. I really realized last month after I came back from my vacation, basically change of routine that I thought I had a plan for what to do every day, but what I really needed was like a reoccurring framework for things so that it wouldn't just get like put into random places to get done, but things always happen on certain days, even if I don't have the work to do so that it always is getting done and there's more of a sense of routine. So. I really need that framework and to rely on that more. So that's a big thing I'm working on. So the strength would be that you have discovered a better, more effective way for you to do the work yeah. that you are implementing. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Okay. <laughs> Weakness in the business? Weakness is definitely distraction. Dogs, just say dogs. It's dogs, it's people, it's, <laughs> you know, working from home. And so it's yeah. just another thing of like, okay, I just need a business hours. Like I work from yeah. this time to this time and then whatever gets done is great. If I want to work longer, okay. But like, it just is more framed. Like, I hate to say this, a real job, but that's, you know, yeah. one of the pluses and minuses of having your own businesses. You can do it whenever you want, but also you don't have to do it ever if you don't. Have it. So. <laughs> yeah, I love this. This is such a big deal, I think, for when you're running your own business. If you aren't, especially if you're just a solopreneur or you just have like a little micro business, you can kind of keep your own schedule, but that inconsistency will kill your productivity. It will kill your business. It doesn't mean you can't break the rules. I, what I like to think of is mm -hmm. I have this consistency. And when I work on my business, 
But the beauty of running my own business is I get to decide when I break those rules. Yes, exactly. I don't have to ask permission. So if I decide, you know what, this Friday, I'm going to take three hours out to go have a nice long lunch with my friend. Mm -hmm. I can just do that. Or I can decide Friday I'm quitting early or I'm doing it in the middle of the week. I can do it whenever, but I plan it in the schedule. I don't just willy nilly it. So yes. you can still have flexibility while establishing this, this schedule if you're you know, of your work. So yeah, exactly. That. that idea that the more you plan, the more free time you actually have, at least to some degree, because it's just more organized. So that's yes, a goal. I think that is something that most people don't understand about planning is that planning actually gives you more freedom, not less. Yep. And if you are listening, and you are not a believer in that, then you should stick around and let me prove it. Because yes. this is something I work over and over again with my clients on this idea of you have to get to the right level of planning. You can over plan, but when you hit that sweet spot of what the plan looks like and have these rules for flexibility, right? You also can establish just what are the guidelines for the flexibility in my business? Like I don't allow myself to have three, three hour lunches in a week. That would be ridiculous, right? I never mm -hmm. get anything done. So I have some guidelines around that, but it does give me this flexibility to be able to work those things in, which is what makes doing this running my own business thing more joyful, right? Exactly. Which is kind of the whole point, I hope. That's right. All right. So let's talk about an opportunity. I I think I know what your answer is going to be, but just thinking about like, what's the opportunity for you in your business right now? And again, remember, this is usually an external sort of thing. I mean, I'm going to be starting teaching in-person classes, and I think that will be a huge thing. It will just help me to connect with more people, broaden my scope, but also just get in with more people. Yeah. I just miss people. <laughs> <laughs> the opportunity is I miss people. So I think yeah. of this, this aspect of your business in this way, in terms of framing up the opportunity, the opportunity, and you've already started taking advantage of it, which might be why you're not thinking of it this way, but it's still an opportunity and you're still building on it, which is all of the connections you have in the industry that you have made an effort to reconnect with. Sure. And you're yep. still working to make that opportunity pay off in some way in your business, right? With, yes. like you said, doing some in-person stuff with those people, that that's the opportunity you have. I have this opportunity because I already know all these people. I know people I who see. are trying to break into industries. And so they don't have the same opportunity because they're still trying to create the connections. You right. have them. Yeah. And so I helped a lot of these people start. And so they yes. now get to help me out. Yep. So that is a really significant opportunity you have in your business. And now, you know, you're starting to design a strategy around how to benefit from that as an opportunity in your business. So I love yes, that for you. That's right. Okay. So the last one is a threat. What kind of external threats are there? I mean, this could be internal too, but it's usually an external thing, but it could be either. What are like threats to your business? Things that could cause your business to underperform or even go under, heaven forbid. Well, so the summertime in my industry is always a tough one. So that's mm. a threat definitely is figuring out like, how are you going to continue to engage yeah. with people in an industry that basically they go on vacation all summer and they, they don't think about knitting again, typically until, you know, October or September. So mm -hmm. that's something I am definitely actively trying to think of like, okay, well, how can I engage with people more? 
so that I don't always have this like three month dip <laughs> every year. Yeah. I think that's a great one because I think a lot of businesses have this seasonality problem. Yeah. That's it. <clears throat> and so instead of having a plan where revenue is steady all year, mm. they have this dip in what do we, I think most businesses probably experience this for one reason or another, right? Holidays could be enough for some people. Holidays are a peak and others it's a dip. Right. Yep. Exactly. So that's definitely something that can threaten the cash flow of your business mm -hmm. that you have to plan for. So yeah, I really like that one. Okay. So those are just examples, but what I would have you do, Katie, is really sit down and try to answer, you know, mm. you don't have to write a, a whole, usually it's just this little four square grid on a page and there's a few bullet points in each one of them. So okay. that would be a good exercise for you to do is just think about what are those things. Will do. The last thing that you can analyze is really, you want to do analysis on those things that you were measuring. So all those things that you listed that you're looking at, you're looking at, you know, your YouTube, you're looking at email open rates, all those kinds of things. But the other thing to evaluate with that is, are these still the right things to measure? Mm. So to your point, I think you've already gone through this process of, I need to not measure too many things or at too granular a level. And yes. so this is the question that people should ask, Are, am I measuring the right things as in, is, can I take action on any of this stuff, right? Is this actionable or am I just looking at information that I have no idea how I could change those numbers, right? Just magically hoping for them to improve isn't a thing. You have to have a plan to improve them. Yep. You could be measuring things that maybe you're just playing the long game and you're like, eventually I want to see these trends, but I'm not taking action on them now. That's okay. As long as it's not time consuming. So you do want to measure things that are as little time consuming as possible, right? Because otherwise it becomes a second job. Yes. So evaluate whether they're the right things and also that you don't have either too few or too many, but also that they're at the right level of granularity. So they, the number could be like at too high of a level. So for example, if all I look at is my revenue at the end of the year, that's not granular enough, right? I've got mm -hmm. to get a little more detailed on that at least quarterly, but really monthly. And for some businesses weekly, they need to look every week at what's going on. Depends on the size and the rate of sales in your business. Hmm. So those are the things to be assessing in your business and looking at data and metrics. And if this is a space where you're just like, I have no idea, this is definitely where having a business consultant help you is really important. Not every business consultant is the same. I have heard horror stories of consultants going in and setting up a whole measurement board of like a hundred plus measures for a, a small business, oh. even for a big, that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous Yikes. number. So watch out for, make sure you're hiring somebody who actually is going to work with your size business and your needs specifically, and not just bring a generic, like, here are all the things you should measure thing in. Cause that's not helpful. You'll never mm -hmm. survive that. And let me just caveat here. There's a bunch of other stuff. Let's be clear that you could analyze in your business. I'm just touching on the big ones because it's a podcast and that's all we have time for. That's right. So if you want more things to analyze, you know, let me know. All right. So step five is reflection. So this is where you really could like journal out some stuff. This is where you want to address just the, the highest level, what's working well. And by the way, you should celebrate that. Yay, me, look what's working well. You've already said a few things, Katie, right? What's working well is you're discovering how to have a better schedule for your business so you can be more mm -hmm. productive right? You're yes. also discovering, I know that what's working well is you've made improvements in your YouTube channel, mm -hmm. working well there, right? Yep. You've made some core decisions in your business about where to prioritize working well. Yep. What else? Yep. What else would you say is working well in your business? 
So I feel like at least the content is good. I guess it just is like keeping at it, just not having this sort of mid-summer slump where people aren't really buying things and I'm trying to get reinvigorated for the next half of the year, but it's hard sometimes to be like, all right, well, let's try it again. (laughs) Yeah. I think of that as like, you're really doing a good job keeping your momentum. Yeah. Right. And I think it's because in my opinion, at least you can tell me what you think, but I think it's because you have made some very clear decisions about where to spend your time. And that means you've decided what to say no to. Yeah. Yep. And that is another tough thing because again, just because you can do a lot of things and they're knitting related doesn't mean you should. Does it make sense for the brand I'm trying to grow? Not necessarily. Yes. And even back to like, we did this, I don't remember what episode it was where we talked about like the direction of your podcast even, right? And what customer am I serving and what am I doing? So you asking those questions and getting clearer every day about who am I serving and how am I doing that? What problem did I solve and how am I solving it? Mm -hmm. It's really helping you get this focus. And I think that really helps with the momentum because otherwise you're trying to do just a lot of things and it's hard to make any one of those pay off. And that's how we sort of lose the steam in our business, right? Yeah. And that's really where I was at, which is why after our conversation about the podcast, I ended up actually putting it on hiatus for the summer and that sparked a reorganization of how I basically am going to do and plan everything in the business because previously I had really been looking at the podcast as like a separate entity that would also Mm -hmm. happen to advertise my things instead of really encompassing it in my brand. I don't know why I had such a disconnect because it's like the same thing, but whatever. And so that helped me think like, okay, well, now that I'm on this break, like how can I really make the most of my time? And then that sort of just was like, all right, I'm going to take a day to just reorganize the whole plan. Yep. Okay. So you just answered the question of what have you learned? You've already (laughs) done the work to adapt. So that is brilliant. I love that you were like, what's not working is this podcast isn't actually driving the business that I wanted it to drive because I didn't set it up right. So I got to fix it. And so when you learned that you made an adjustment, that's the essence of this reflection process, right? Is really doing all of that. What's working, what's not working, what have I learned? Because then step six is also what you just described, which is I got to fix stuff. I got to make an adjustment, right? So there's a few ways to think about this adjustment process in your business. The first one should rarely occur, but you should always say, are my annual goals still the right goals? Now you should only be making changes to these. If like market conditions have really shifted or there's these external factors or like you just really were way out, like completely had the wrong idea about what that thing was. So it, it happens. You can set the wrong goal, but that's thing. Number one to look at is once you've done all of this, it's, are the goals still the right goals? You're not allowed to say it's not the right goal just because I'm not getting to it. (laughs) That's not a reason to say it's not the right goal. I see this happen. They're like, well, it's not the right goal because I'm not going to make it. No, no, no. That's not the question. The question is, if you were going to make it, is it still the right thing in your business? Mm -hmm. Or does it not make sense anymore because this is no longer a thing or this other, whatever it is externally that is going on, right? Sometimes the market shifts and we have to go, wait a minute, that's, I got to change the goals that I have because this doesn't make sense now. Mm -hmm. So this is the point to make that assessment. Is that 
how are your goals? Like, do your goals still stand the, the actual end annual goals or are they still solid for you? Yes. Still the same okay. goal, still to do Perfect. the workshop, still to grow through. The Nothing's workshop. changed that takes that out of. Nope. Okay, great. So what I love about this is you're like, I might not be on track to get where I thought as far as I thought I would, but it's still the goal I want. Yes. So once you've done that, and again, this is a rare thing to change. So if you're thinking about this, be really critical with yourself about don't just change the goals because you're afraid you're not going to make them. Mm -hmm. The second thing that you do is you can really look at this from the perspective of just overall in your business. And I think you've already done this, Katie, but it's really this process of what things should I stop doing? What things do I need to start doing? And what things are working that I'm going to continue doing? So you can tell how this would feed off of the reflection. What's working well? What's not working? What have you learned? This should now inform what kinds of things do I stop? And stopping could be anything. You could stop a certain type of marketing in your business because you're like, I, I try it. It's just not working. I tried it. The numbers don't show. I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm. Starting could also be starting some marketing channel, but ideally starting is like starting a better way of running the business. So your description of I'm going to have a better way to plan out, not just my days, but also the overall business. That's a great start or continue to be like the things that are actually working. Hey, I'm already doing X, Y, Z and it's working well. Mm -hmm. So if you were to think about that right now, you've already done this for some parts of your business. Is there anything at this point that you haven't yet said you should stop that you do want to stop? You don't have to, by the way, have an answer for each of these. Yeah. But it's a rude point to ask yourself, is there something I should stop doing? It could also just be you personally stop doing. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if I should stop doing Instagram <laughs> because yeah. I just had a conversation with another friend also in the knitting industry who said, you know, what has happened to it? It's like nothing performs anymore. It's like the same four people. Half of them are my family members that don't buy anything anyway. And so like, you know, when all you're really looking for is to make the best use of your time, is that really returning on it? Even though I only do like one day's worth of content creation, but like that's a whole day. I could be doing that for something else, like making yeah. another video for YouTube, which will help me meet those goals better. So I don't know that at this point, Instagram is going to be worth my full future investment that I have, like I have been. So, yeah, I think that's a great thing to ask questions about. The whole social media landscape is just shifted from when we even started, right? Mm, yeah. I've been asking the same questions. So this is a great part for you to really just decide, like, where am I going to put my, what channel am I going to put my energy into? And if it's going to be YouTube, then yeah, maybe you don't need, or maybe you just post once a week just to have a presence that people see or something like that. Right. So yep. that's a great one. I would dig into that one a little bit more. What would that allow me to then start doing that would help me narrow my focus on doing a few things better? Cause that's really mm. what we're after, right. Is a few things better. Yep. So that would be your stop. And then your start, what do you think? What are you pondering in your start? I really just need to start being better at following my own commitments to do like my monthly reflections and things. Because mm. even though I do have them, I always say like, oh, the first Monday of the month, like that's the one that I'm going to do. And then I don't always hold myself accountable to doing it. So mm. I am going to get better at holding myself accountable to my own appointments with myself. Oh, I love that. Yes. Start, start 
everybody making those appointments, make an appointment with yourself, put it in the calendar to do those things and then keep the commitment to yourself. Nobody is as important to keep a commitment to as yourself. Yes. It helps you build your own integrity. I'll tell you what, oh my just, gosh. just yes. do it. You feel like such no good if you disappoint I yourself. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Being your own boss, super hard. Yeah. Yes. Holding ourselves accountable. We're just, yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Find that balance. A whole, episode, whole episode on what horrible bosses we are to ourselves. Okay. <laughs> so then continue what's going really well. You're going to continue. I mean, there's lots of stuff, but let's pick one big one. So going well is really just the knitting aspect. So like the pattern sales are still going well. So still knitting the patterns, they still do well, like introducing new ones, the old ones are still doing great. So doing that and working together with people to help has been good. So collaborating has really brought more oomph to my efforts than just doing things alone. Love it. Okay. So you could do that similar to doing the SWOT analysis. You could actually just create, I usually have people just create three columns and just start filling in like, what are some things to stop, to start, to continue? And it'll really help you as you're trying to continually improve on things in your business. So that's a great exercise to do as well. All right. So the last thing in improve is this is the overall big picture now adjustment. So now you would look at what is my strategy? What's been my approach to my business? whether it's in your marketing, in how you're delivering to clients, like the channels that you're choosing to use to capture clients, all of these things, you're going to look at it now and say, are there, what adjustments do I need to make? So for you, and this should be, again, 99.9% .9 of businesses, I'm still sticking to these goals. I don't know if I'm going to hit them by the end of the year, but if I make X adjustments, I have a better chance of hitting them by the end of the year. That's the whole point of this adjustment which is why really the emphasis is what should I stop doing so I can do more of the things that are working in my business. I can invest more in the stuff I want to continue, or I can start doing a couple of things that will actually be a better approach than what I'm doing now. So for mm. you, it's that question of, okay, do I adjust my strategy? I stop spending time on Instagram. I reduce that or eliminate it, whatever your choice is. And then I'm going to repurpose that time into this other thing, which is really the strategy I want to go all in on, mm -hmm. right? And for you, it's probably not necessarily a new strategy. It's just a shift in approach to this strategy where like, I'm going to stop splitting my time and I'm going to just refocus my energies, which is ideally what I think every business should be doing is what's working and what's not working. And then making some of those tough decisions about, you know what, I'm going to pivot this way. I'm going to just going to do this thing. And that's the payoff that you're looking for. Yeah. And that's the outcome that you're looking for in this overall process is how do I approach the last half of the year smarter than I did the first half of the year? Because I learned stuff at this point. I just got to apply it. That's right. I'll never need to learn how to make a class again because I've already made the first one. So that's right. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so great. Yeah. All right. So once you do that, then you can set your Q3 goals. Here's what I want to get done by Q3. And then here's what I want to get done this month, the month of July. This should help. You should be able to adjust. This is that kind of goals cascade process. I, I think about it as you got the big goals cascade down to what's then that, what does that mean? I got to get done this quarter. And then what does that mean? I got to do this month, mm -hmm. but it's all in service to the same long-term goal. You're just yes. setting like these milestones to get there. So Katie, we really walked through this at a very high level with your business, but 
how do you feel about what we were hoping to achieve for you and your desired outcome in this process? Are we getting there? Can you see how if you went back and did some of this other work in a little more detail, that's going to help you get there? What are you thinking? Yeah, I think this is great. I feel a lot more inspired (laughs) to keep going. (laughs) And yeah, I'm just looking forward to taking what I've learned in the first half of the year, which really felt like my do part and applying it to the second half of the year, which is just letting now people know about it. So not being afraid to reach out to people who I've had contacts with to, you know, collaborate on things and promote and, you know, help them with their things. I think that's really going to be the way. And also realizing that just my online class doesn't only have to be just the online class, but also could be in-person classes. And that was something that was a big like, oh, hey, okay, well, I have it all written down here. I could do it in person just as easily. But yeah, and that's been going well so far. So I think just continuing to promote it through other folks who have bigger reach in the knitting world and remembering to focus in on knitting because last year I got real distracted on the magical aspects, Mm. kind of lost track of the knitting. So this year it's just going to be more hyper-focused. I love this. You're it's such a good example of how easy it is for it for us to get distracted by stuff that we really are, like love and want to do. Yeah. Again, back to, you know, that struggle of what the business needs versus what you want. And what the business really needs is for you to focus on your area of expertise. Like mm-hmm. your expertise is all in the knitting side. Yeah. And it's what your business needs is for you to develop that space so that you can really draw the customers into that particular aspect. And the other is really just distracting from it at this point. Now, you might be able to go back to paying more attention to the magical side of things as the knitting side really builds up, Mm -hmm. but you're not at that stage yet in your business, right? You're still working on getting to the level of revenue that you want to be at, right? So it's important to just focus on that one thing, which I think is hard for all of us to do. Absolutely. All right. Anything else, any other thoughts you have, like what guidance would you have for business owners listening to this about doing this process, this mid-year process? Definitely do it. (laughs) Like make time to do it because we meet you and I and your business group every month to do the first of the month to do a monthly recharge where we look back at the previous month to see what we've accomplished. And even if you only do this to look back at what you've accomplished this year so far, it is so heartening because it's easy to lose track of everything you've done, especially if you're like me and you're like, oh, I feel like I didn't really reach it. But but you've done a lot and there were a lot of things that came up. So giving yourself a little grace as you're going through this and remembering like, oh, right, this month was bad because this thing happened or because this wasn't able to happen it will give you more motivation to finish the year strong and give yourself a break. Ah, Love it. Yes. I think that doing this, it does require back to the, you have to schedule an appointment with yourself. Mm -hmm. You do. You're going to have to schedule time to work on this, but you know, you don't have to schedule like 90 minutes all at once. You could do three 30 minute sessions of working on this over time. Right. Yes. That's totally feasible. And treat yourself after. Absolutely. I mean, treat yourself during. 
you know, <laughs> if you want to sit down with, you know, whatever your favorite drink of choice, tea or wine or whatever it is, and just sit, like go sit in a nice coffee shop or a park or whatever works for you that just gets you in the space of just focusing on really reflecting on your business, do that, right? Mm -hmm. Get away from your desk. Yeah. I mean, point. you might need data from your computer, but you know, get away. Computer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The other thing I recommend is this is a great thing to talk through with a coach or a consultant, if you can, a la me, or just a thought partner. If you have a good thought partner, we've talked about this on the podcast in the past, just talk this through with somebody who can help to illuminate some of the things, help you see things that you would otherwise not see because you're really close to this. You're too close to your business. Sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. So yes. really good thing to have somebody to talk it through with. If you have a team in your business, definitely include them. You want to share the state of the business. You want to get their ideas for things you want to stop, start, and continue. You want that to be a team effort. So it's not just your job as a business owner, but involve your team in this process as best you can. This is a step that businesses tend to skip because they just want to keep pushing forward and try and get the goals done. And they miss the part where this reflection could help them get those goals done smarter, faster, mm better, more efficiently, I mean, for that matter, more enjoyably, right? If you just really looked at things, yeah. you might have to make some hard decisions to get there, but that's the point. And that's your job as a business owner. I got to make some tough decisions if I'm going to make this go better. So be ready to do that. It's okay to, by the way, be a quitter of things like Instagram. It's okay to do those things. I know lots of they try doing something and they're like, now I'm out. So that's right. Do that. Just do that. People stop doing things all the do. time. <laughs> I mean, if we didn't, we wouldn't be able to do new things. So we have to stop doing things. That's it's hard point. sometimes for our brains to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. So if you do want help with this process, if you're thinking, I really want to do this and I want some help, please do reach out to me. I'll drop a link in the show notes where you can schedule a free consult. And I'm happy to just, you know, offer some free guidance, but can also tell you how I can really help you with minimal, like a small amount of intervention. This isn't like buying a big coaching package or anything like that. I can really help you do some targeted review of your business and give you that outside perspective if that's something that you're looking for. And really, I think every business can benefit from this. But if you're a really tiny business and you're just getting started and that's not something that's you know in your budget, then find a thought partner or think about joining the group that Katie was talking about. So I have this membership group of really small business owners who are just sort of just getting things started, just getting things moving in their business. And it's a way for them to get support and support each other. And that's where we bring like the aspect of accountability and all those kinds of things into the phrase so that you're not just out there by yourself trying to figure this out or just listening to a podcast and trying to kind of implement the stuff that we talked about. It's much better to do with people and thought partners and somebody like me to guide that process for you and give you some guidance on how to do it. So that's another option. I'll drop a link in the show notes for that as well. So those are all, those are all my things. Such good things. I can't, good things. I cannot speak highly enough of working with you, Camille. I mean, plug, but <laughs> I know I did so not concise pay her this, by the way. and so smart while looking at things that it's just like, it, it doesn't, it seems effortless for you. And I know that's your area of expertise. So obviously you're pretty used to seeing that, but it is so nice, especially with the business group to talk to other like-minded people who are going through things that even if they're in a completely different industry, it is so relatable. 
you're like, why isn't anyone looking at my Instagram? Why isn't, why do I hate writing email newsletters? <laughs> like all these things that are just so therapeutic. And then also it's just very helpful to make sure you're doing the best at your business. So it's can't speak highly of it enough. Come join us. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Katie. Yes. Okay. Check is in the mail for that plug. Very nice. Appreciate very nice. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Katie's other side hustle. <laughs> Uh, all right. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, Katie, for giving all your time and divulging, you know, hopefully not too many secrets about your business, but go off and do all of this stuff in your business, everybody. I'll drop these six steps as well into the show notes. If you are thinking, oh boy, I didn't take any notes while I was listening, but definitely reach out if you're looking for some help, because this is a big step and it's really important. It can really make a big difference. So also, if you like the podcast, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. You know, that review button on Apple is really hard to find, by the way. So hmm. when you go there, it's just this little sentence. I think it just like, it's it's not even a button. Uh. So yeah, it was it was kind of a pain in the patootie to find. Anyhow, persevere. Thanks for nothing, people. Apple Podcasts. I know. Or, you know, review us wherever you listen to your podcast. We'll take all of it in. Okay, we're getting doggy restlessness on Katie's side. I totally saw this little doggy face and she muted herself. It's so cute. I know. Oh my gosh. Puppies. All right. Well, doggy distraction just in time because we got to go. All right. Very good. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Camille. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me and we'll be back in your ears next week. (laughs) 